0: Funny that that's probably what Paul McCartney <laughs> loved about John Lennon too. And then I've heard that John Lennon actually <laughs> really loved Paul McCartney's sense of humor. So it's all coming full circle here. These questions are just like back to back.
1: Oh, yeah. really it is. I mean the resemblance is uncanny. hello welcome to episode 106 of the between you and me podcast this is a place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt heal and change us in evangelical culture because when we talk about things we can heal we can unify and we can laugh my name is Jessica Morris. I'm a music journalist based in Australia, if you couldn't tell by my accent. And today we have an episode that has been a long time coming. I'm speaking to a duo called For the Fatherless. They are Brian and Krista Yack, and earlier this year they released their EP Poetry. When I heard poetry, I was like, oh, so this is like some sort of soft, like sort of synth and orchestra type situation no even though that's great it's contemporary Christian music delivered in a really cool way Um, and the best part about this EP and about this couple is that they are really vulnerable so they will tell you the whole story as we come up to it but both of them they met at university and they were both bonded by their love of music um, but also the fact that they have these I wouldn't say unusual stories, but stories of loss in their life. Both of them have lost a father figure in some way, um, which really connected them. And years and years later, uh, they have had their first child. And this EP is such a gorgeous exploration of hope and pain um, and letting go. It's stunning. Um, now, I, I'm i not a parent, um, but I think there'll be a lot of you out there who will really resonate with this but if you're like me and even if you're not just stay to hear this couple's story and the individual stories. It's really remarkable how they've found peace and healing in their own grief and yet they're still so aware that this is a lifelong thing they go through. I'm not going to go into much more detail except to tell you that over the next month, in the lead up to Christmas, we will be going back to weekly episodes because I've got some really cool interviews to share with you. And a lot of those artists have actually released or are releasing Christmas music this year. So it makes for a really great opportunity for you to hear about their sort of wider releases and then for me to play a few Christmassy tracks right at the end because you know how much I love Christmas. I'm also in a great mood at the moment because restrictions have eased where I live in Victoria things are slowly getting better here and international travel is opening up again. So these are all great. And that means that uh, hopefully moving forward with between you and me, we'll have a lot more to offer you. Okay. For people who are new. Hi. So nice to meet you. We're about to have a short bio about for the finalist. It is the who, what, when, where, why, maybe I should make that into a t-shirt. I don't know. It's literally like what you learn at Journalism 101. But you're going to hear a short bio so you can get to know who this band is, what they are. Then we're going to go straight into the interview and you're going to hear some of their music. All right. I will check back in with you after the interview, my friends. Enjoy. When Brian and Krista Yak released their EP Poetry earlier this year, it was a full circle moment. The Nashville based couple, who go by the name for the fatherless, met in college and connected over their mutual love for music as well as their stories of loss. You see, Krista's father passed from a brain tumour when she was a child, and Brian's biological father abandoned his family. For both Brian and Krista, it meant that their understanding of loss, but also their profound sense of knowing God, knit them together. They were married and they released their debut self-titled album in 2014. Now, it's worth noting that their name for the fatherless, while obviously being apparent to their stories, is based on a scripture. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in this holy dwelling, which you can find in Psalm 68.5. This became the banner for Krista and Brian's ministry and for their music. And over the years, they have shared their stories with the belief that God can use them and use other people's stories to bring about healing and connection. In 2018, the duo wrote and performed the worship track, Immeasurably More, and it quickly became a favourite in their community. It was featured on their album, Worship Sessions, which came out in 2019. And it was aptly titled, considering that both Krista and Brian often lead worship at their local church in Nashville. And fun fact, that it's also where Brian is an associate pastor of Worship and Arts. Now, this worship album included songs like Doxology and Nothing But The Blood, but it also included some originals. And over the next few years, their singles would be included on Sunday set lists in churches in Tennessee and in New York. This also included their 2019 release, Breakers and Billows. Remember how I mentioned a full circle moment at the start of this bio? Well, in 2019, Krista and Brian gave birth to their first son, Jonathan. And this redemptive moment was a formative in their poetry EP, which came out in July this year. The autobiographical set of four songs was produced by Brian Fowler and Austin Cannon, and it gives us insight into their own journey as first-time parents who have also experienced profound loss. The EP also includes a song, Never A Day, where they open up about miscarriage and also includes a remix of their hit song, Immeasurably More. I had the great privilege of speaking to Brian and Krista about revisiting the deepest pain to restoring song, what it means to be a first-time parent, and they told me how God is creating something uniquely beautiful in each one of our lives. The hope this couple had is phenomenal. My friends, meet Brian and Krista, otherwise known as For the Fatherless. For people who have never met you, who is For the Fatherless?
2: Yeah, so we are Krista and Brian Yak. We are a married couple. We've been married for eight years. Um, we live in Nashville, Tennessee, where we met. We went to college together. That's that's how we met down here at Belmont University. We we're both music majors, and we met singing in a jazz vocal ensemble called Jasmine. Um, and then we started dating and kept, you know, singing and writing music together. And when we realized that things were getting serious and we wanted to get married someday. We were just started to, to dream about how we could do this music thing together, um, you know, full-time. And that's where For the Fatherless was born. Um, Brian and I both have a common thread in our stories and that we both lost our dads um, in different ways. I lost my dad when I was seven. He passed away. Brian's dad was addicted to drugs and alcohol and left him and his mom shortly after he was born. And so that has been kind of just... Um, just a common experience for both of us and so that opened up this idea of what if we called ourselves for the fatherless and we wrote songs and you know sang songs that kind of pointed people to the perfect heavenly father and we're faithful to share our stories and our testimonies you know as often as we could when we went out and and played music so that's us <laughs> And that was a
1: beautiful answer even the second time around. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) I love the fact that you guys met in a jazz band slash choir. That's just amazing.
0: Yeah, we both sang in the group for the the last two years we were in college and uh, there wasn't a lot of jazz hands. There wasn't a lot of like cheesy dance moves, but there was a good amount of like really rich harmonies that we had some fun singing together. That's when I think we started to grow, just appreciating one another's voice and our ears for music. And uh, thankfully, like I said, there wasn't a lot of cheesy jazz hands, but there was a lot of scatting. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I was that guy that was always volunteering to do the scat solos. And I don't know, did that, like, help it attract you to me? Is that what was one one of the things that was going on there, babe? Um, no. <laughs> that was probably so. something
2: to work past a little bit.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Oh,
1: I love you guys already. It's great. Um, your, your new EP is Poetry. Can you tell me a little bit about it and why why release something like this after – the the bizarre year that was 2020 and even 2021. What is it about poetry that's so special to you guys?
0: Wow. um, There's a lot – about poetry that that, that's special to us we we ended up um kind of falling in love with even just reading poetry together um a couple of years ago we were living up in buffalo new york went into a bookstore and stumbled across our favorite poet we're those kinds of nerds that have a favorite poet and it's not like a poet everybody's heard of like edgar Allan poe or robert frost (laughs) our our favorite poet is uh, a lady named grace noel kroll and she was uh, um a poet from like kind of the the depression era, really, really old poems. Um, and we've, we've literally just, we've sat around and read poems to each other. That's kind of just part of who we are and just something we we've done to kind of pass the time. And also just to kind of relax and just kind of calm down when things have been stressful, when things have been hard. So like you said, coming out of this past year, where things were often stressful and things were often really hard. And there was a lot of things we needed to think about doing to pass the time in a rich kind of life-giving way. Um, we, we we read a lot of poetry <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> and uh, not just to unwind, but just to kind of speak peace and acceptance into our circumstances. And um, Ephesians 2.10, the verse um, that tells us where God's handiwork, the Greek word that they get that word Handiwork from is also the word we get our word poetry from, and it speaks to just God being this divine, you know, universe creator, and just how how epic of a a creator He is, and that that includes how He writes our stories. And I'll, in a lot of ways, our stories, even Krista sharing about you know her losing her dad, and then us us meeting at college, we, we grew up two and a half hours away from each other. You know, she was in Long Island, New York. I was in a small town near Scranton, Pennsylvania. And then we met at college, 14 hours away from home. And even just that that part of our story, it just feels poetic, you know? It just feels unlikely. And like, it, there was nothing common about it. It was very much like, the story had to be knit together beautifully and creatively by God, or else he would have just had us cross paths, you know, in in New York city somewhere and just kind of, we could have done it a lot easier than pay for four years of college and go down South and figure out how to talk, talk like everybody else down here. Um, Anyway, I'm getting to the poetry part of it. That's, that's part of when we sing about being his poetry, we're looking for those, um, those sweet parts of our story that are so colorful and so rich and beautiful that that we can only look look to God and just say, you're not just the author of my story, God. You're, you're writing poetry with my life, and you're writing poetry with what you're leading me through. And I, and I want to believe that. I want to accept it. I kind of want to breathe in the mystery of it and just the, the richness of it. And um, that's, that's kind of where we were coming from with the poetry EP. Oh,
1: that was such a great answer. I did not expect all that, and I love it. It's so great. Oh, uh, this is uh, this is probably a question I would normally add at, at the end of the episode. But do you have a favorite poem? And you can you can both have a separate one,
2: obviously.
0: Hmm. You do right? Like what's the glory way? I can't
2: remember it. I mean, it's definitely a Grace Noel Krull, uh the the poet that we mentioned. Probably one of her. She has a poem called I think it's called the Glory Way. Um about jesus it's beautiful i would recommend like anyone who's listening to just google her name because she just has so many awesome you know christian themed poems that are just so so beautiful
0: my favorite poem would be the gift by mary oliver and uh, i wish we could we'll get to the point probably someday where we can recite these poems when we reference the titles and just (laughs) just rattle them off but for now uh I'll just encourage everybody to check out The Gift by Mary Oliver. It's really good. And she just, all her poetry has such a way of just helping you realize just how sweet life is and not to take it for granted. And um, I I appreciate that about The Gift specifically.
3: There are times when I fight to say it is well.
1: Imagining a future show where you guys just break out in the spoken word poetry and then go into song seamlessly. And I would so attend that. That sounds amazing. Yes.
0: <laughs> I that. Core. This is inspiration. Thank you. <laughs> this is awesome.
1: <laughs> um, so I love that essentially as, as songwriters, you guys are poets in your own way. You, cr- you create your mm-hmm. own, your own stories to share with the world. Which is absolutely beautiful. Um again, I feel like saying this is like taking away from the body of the work as a whole, but is there a particular song on poetry that stands out to you or that is your favorite today?
2: Mm. I mean, honestly, my favorite song is probably Poetry. <laughs> so Surprise. we've got the poetry EP and then the first song on it is called Spoiler Alert, Poetry. Um, And that that song, I mean, I just love the song so much. It kind of inspired, you know, the whole collection of songs, really. Um, And for me, you know, kind of where I was at personally when we were, you know, writing these songs and and working on them was we actually um, had our first child in December 2019. So we've got a little 20-month-old son now. Um, So I was... Um, three months postpartum in March 2020 when, you know, kind of everything hit and the whole pandemic began. And I was just kind of dealing with my own, you know, postpartum depression, anxiety, just a lot of, you know, this identity shift of I'm a mom. Oh, my gosh. And then it just kind of felt like the whole world turned upside down. And just I couldn't really recognize myself. I couldn't recognize the world around me. And it just kind of made me feel like I wanted to rewrite parts of my story or maybe just erase the parts of my story that made me feel shame, like um, like the depression and the anxiety that I felt as a new mom. And for me, poetry just, you know, it just really helped me with that in realizing that you know, God is writing our stories so perfectly and so beautifully that even those parts that we don't understand, that we wish that we could just take an erase or two and just kind of forget about, He's still weaving those things into you know beauty and and there's grace for everything and and so I think that's why the song is just like so special to me because it just hit it just hit me in such a personal place that I was in when we wrote it.
0: Yeah, and my favorite would be another song called Never a Day. Um, and Never a Day, it actually opens up with just with the line, you know, one foot in front of the other is the first kind of thought and the first um, few words we get to sing in that song. And that's a good – just a good phrase for everybody to know. That's kind of how I've just, we've been living our lives, kind of coming, coming into that experience of being new parents, like Krista said, December 2019, and then kind of walking through this past year. Like that was – that was my, my MO was just figuring out how to take it one day at a time and put one foot in front of the other. And I think there was something about even acknowledging that that's, that's a lot of opportunities to be intentional and to deliberately follow Jesus, even despite how unknown uh, everything is kind of around you. And um, there's a meditation that I love to do when things feel really uncertain and when things feel really just foggy and and, um, when I don't feel like I can find my way through whatever we're walking through. I do this meditation where I go out for a walk and I imagine I'm following Jesus, um, but I can't see him. I can only see the train of his robe at my feet and the rest of him kind of disappears into this fog or into this mist, but I'm following him. So I walk about 10, 10 minutes like that, just kind of imagining the train of his robe. And then I imagine I can see more of his back and, you know, that's when a robe would fill out and look more beautiful and kind of more regal, more Royal. Um, so I walk like that for another 10 minutes. And then I, uh, 10 minutes later, I see his shoulders and I can just kind of imagine, you know, he's carrying his, his scepter and, and he's, he's walking ahead of me. And what does he have on his shoulders? What is he carrying for me? And then 10 minutes later, I imagine I can see his crown kind of the, the radiance of the the rubies in his crown kind of piercing that that fog surrounding us. And um, I just, you know, that is to me um, just a big part of when my feet hit the floor every day. A lot of my heart is just saying, OK, what's the next step to to continue following Jesus? And I don't always know what that next step is supposed to be. But, if I can picture him in front of me, I, I want to go that way. you know that's that's kind of how I've just tried to wrap my head around being faithful in in those simple terms and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. daily you're not faithful
1: Creator. Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey it's me again, big surprise I know, but you know what I love equally as much as good music? I love a good band tee and I love a good nostalgic band tee which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our T-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me, and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit the shop button. I want to ask you both about your individual stories knowing that you've also shared them a lot. So I don't want you to feel like you have to regurgitate information (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. or do it in a way that's inauthentic to you. But would you, as much as you you guys are comfortable, tell me just a little bit, I suppose, about your experience, um, not having a father or a father figure in your life growing
2: up. Yeah, definitely. Um, So as I mentioned, yeah, I lost my dad when I was seven years old. He, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, um, and passed away just, just a month after his diagnosis. Um, and it was me and my mom, I had a younger sister. She was one and a half at the time, uh, that we lost my dad. My mom never, um, remarried. And so I grew up, you know, most of my life without a dad in the picture, without a father figure, um, and kind of just with, you know, that, that emptiness, of not having a dad. um, And, you know, I mean, I always try to say this when I share my story, like it still is a void in my life. You know, I'm 32 years old now and there are still just regular ordinary days that I wish I could talk to my dad. He was a musician as well and a songwriter. And so, like, I find myself sometimes just thinking about, like, worship music today and and just all these new songs that are coming out. Like, what would he think about all of this? Mm. And obviously there are the big moments, you know, like. You know, Brian and I getting married and, and having our son. That I just that that's a grief that's never really going to go away. It's it's with me my whole life that I miss my dad. Um, but I remember uh, being you know maybe twelve or thirteen years old, and I was reading uh, my Bible, and I read Psalm sixty eight, and there's a verse in there that says, "A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling." And I just remember that was really one of the first times in my life that I was reading something in scripture and I was able to just say, that's me. Like, that is me. That's my mom that that the word is talking about. And not only does it say that God sees me, you know, and sees my situation, but he actually steps into it and he fills that emptiness and he fills that void it doesn't cover up the loss it doesn't mean that i i don't miss my dad and that i'm not you know sad when i think about him not being here but just to know that god is a god who steps down into our situations he doesn't just see us from afar and he wants to fill those those empty parts of our stories for us and he he is a father to the fatherless and this is what this is what scripture says about every single one of our stories, no matter what What your story is with your own dad, you know, um, God is a father and, and we are his children and he loves us with a perfect love. And that that was just huge for me. And that's still <laughs> that real that realization is still kind of what pushes me to to keep singing and to keep sharing this story with with as many people as as God will let me share it with.
0: Krista kind of touched on just the fact that as we've kind of started telling this story, we've grown in understanding that it's, it's like we experience it in every season and we experience like a new layer of, um, what it means to be fatherless, you know, in in every new season of life. And for me, that even started, like Krista mentioned, you know, when I was born, my biological father left, um, and couldn't, couldn't be a dad to me, uh, as, as he was addicted to drugs and alcohol. But then when I was three, I was adopted by, um, a man who could have just been my stepdad, but he went the extra mile and adopted me. And I, w- I would have been the redheaded stepchild in a, in a house of five kids. So the, the butt of every joke, you know, would have, would have just been a mess. And, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. You know, I grew up just in a, a beautiful, beautiful family. And, um, and then when I was 24, we started kind of processing through that a little differently because I was getting ready to put a ring on her finger and getting pretty excited about that. Also getting really nervous about that (laughs) and, um, wondering just, you know, what, what went wrong, you know, in my, in my family history and in that bloodline that like let my mom's first marriage be the mess that it was when I was born. And, um, we ended up looking for, my biological father together um, when I was 24, we Googled his name and we didn't find anything. And then we Googled his name and we added the word mugshot and we found a picture, first picture I ever saw of him. And it was from an arrest record uh, for a sheriff's office in Florida. And crazy, crazy, Two weeks later, I was at the time I was playing bass guitar for another worship leader that was traveling to play a youth event in Jacksonville, Florida, two weeks after we found that record online. So I had a last known address and I had a last known phone number um, for where my biological father had been. And um, I remember the whole the whole drive down from Nashville to Jacksonville I Was kind of sweating in the back of the van and just not knowing whether or not I was going to even be able to do that. But like, and that kind of asking, like searching, like, God, do you really want me to do this? Like, and almost feeling like, you know, I had, I was so blessed to be adopted. Like God really had met a, any, every, every need, like, I needed as a kid, you know, I was spoiled, honestly, <laughs> my, my parents spoiled all five of us. we were just, we were really blessed. And, and I know we grew up loved, but there were still just like these nagging questions in my heart of just like, well, who is my biological father? How has he not been in my life at all for 24 years? Like, and so I ended up calling them in the stairwell of this Baptist church we were playing at and hearing his voice for the first time. And, uh, it was pretty apparent even on the phone that there really wasn't a lot of, emotional availability and opportunity to really have my questions answered. But we ended up sitting down for lunch at a Chili's and I met his mom, my grandma, um, because he had a a DWI and can't drive. So my grandma had to drive him and we sat at this restaurant. And um, like I said, not a lot of opportunity to have my questions answered, but in that moment and something that I feel like God had prepared me for even in that ten and a half hour drive down to Florida, was just this idea of you know I I could forgive Him not only because of what my family had done for me in raising me and meeting my needs as a, as a small kid, you know, but because of what Christ had done and because of how He had forgiven me and because of how I was just kind of growing into this understanding of like how how rich it is to have a heavenly Father that meets our spiritual needs, our emotional needs, and is providing for our physical needs like it really made me feel like I can look him across the table, look him in the eye and and tell him I forgive him. And I I did. And I have have no regret walking away from that. He actually passed away about two years later and I never had another chance to sit down with him and talk to him. I never would have had a chance to say that face to face again. Um, So that's, that was another, just uh, all these feelings, right? You're, you're three years old, you're adopted. You can't even Pronounced adoption. I went around telling everybody it was my adoption day, and then you're 24, <laughs> getting ready to get married, and all these feelings of just wow, how you know I almost got like I have a, a an adopted dad who's incredible example, and then I've, I've I can kind of jump off the deep end and see what it looks like when a dad kind of just misses every opportunity to have a good relationship with his son, and then even more feelings when we when we talked about having Jonathan in 2019. I walked through all kinds of just – I started feeling the feelings of anger about just, you know, as Krista grew in her pregnancy and I realized how vulnerable it is for someone to experience that, that first pregnancy – that those pregnancy feelings. Like I was so mad that my biological father had been so unfair to my mom. You know, I was so angry. Like just the ninth month of her pregnancy, I was basket case just realizing, you know, when I was when I was my son in utero – you know, this was happening to us. And there are a lot of ministries that are um, doing great work to provide care and support for foster and adoptive families and for people that have been adopted or have been in foster care. And with all the feelings that Krista and I have described, just experiencing in our story, that's where we want, our music to kind of serve people and meet people in places where honestly like it, it could be even prophetic in the sense of like I don't know what the next season is going to be you know I don't know what it's going to feel like when when Jonathan's getting older and I, I don't I don't know when the next time is I'm going to just have a, a really heavy feeling of just like man what a crazy story that my biological father was who he was like Or what a crazy story that, you know, we don't have Chris's dad here. I don't know when those feelings are going to come up next, but I'm thankful for for the music I love and the music that we've we've had an opportunity to use in worship that just kind of keeps us grounded, you know, and can prepare us for those moments and kind of be our anchor in the storm a little bit when those feelings come up. So that's what we're hoping our music is able to do for people, for others.
1: Thank you both for sharing that and for choosing to share that so vulnerably with people through your music, but like actually in conversation too. That's I mean clearly you've both done so much of work and you continue to process it, but that's a real honor and not something that you have you have to give anybody. So thank you so much for that, really. You
3: take my hand? Let me lead you to a place where you find rest I know- burdens from your chest I know you're t-
1: like revisiting your story or your pain or your trauma continually, especially this press round. I imagine when people are like, hi, who are you? Tell me your stories. How do you cope with that when you have to continually retell your story, the deepest
2: part of yourself to relative strangers? Hmm.
3: Hmm. Mm.
2: That is such a good question. No one's ever asked us that question. So I'm like, what does it feel like? Um, You know, I think I consciously need to make sure that I'm not kind of turning myself off, like emotionally and mentally, like, because I think a lot of artists, like sometimes you just, it's your story. So you just kind of tell it and you can almost like detach yourself from it a little bit. Um, And I don't want to do that because that's just not being authentic. Um, But I think I can see how every single time that I get an opportunity to share my story, it's kind of just another step towards healing. Um even though like, you know, there are times where you just kind of feel like the hurt that comes with, you know, I wish my dad was here. I miss my dad. I wish he could be here to to hear the songs that me and Brian sing together and and to meet Brian and talk about songwriting with him and you know, that's 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 real and that's raw still, but when, when we get to share our stories with people, even you sharing about, you know, having a, a sister in foster care and you, you realize like how connected we all really are to this, this hurt and this brokenness of being fatherless and, and having that void in your life. And when we go and, and we sing at churches and, and we we often, you know, hear stories from people who are there and, you know, we've we've met people who have been in foster care as well. I've met, you know, like elderly people who come up to me, they're in their seventies and eighties. And they say, I lost my dad when I was a kid, just like you. And you know what? I'm 75 years old and I still miss him every single day. And it just reminds you how not alone you really are. And that, is really what we need, like in any kind of grief and any kind of loss, like what's really going to help us heal is knowing that we're not alone. Obviously that definitely applies to God is always with us, like in the deepest, deepest grief and and loss that we feel he's there. He's not like, I always try to say, we know how the story ends with the Lord. Like we know that he's overcome. We know that we have the hope that says that someday he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. There's never going to be, there's going to be no more pain, no more loss, no more death. But the story's not over. And so we're still walking through these things together. And it's just huge for me to just be reminded every time I share this story and I hear someone else's story, just how present our God really is. And it's kind of a testament to His fatherly nature um you know the perfect parenthood of god that he's there with us like me and brian we're still learning about how to be good parents but that's our job it's like when our son jonathan when he's hurting when he goes through any any kind of loss whatever it looks like it's it's my hope that we would be present parents that you know just kind of stand like step into it with him and feel it with him and let him know that he's going to be okay but it's also okay to hurt um i think that's that's where the healing is for me so i'll i'll let you share
0: yeah and even even the opportunity we, we get to kind of share our stories anytime that we get to play music or anytime we get to do an interview like this it's like it's another opportunity to just kind of come honestly um be honest with ourselves really when we're sharing these stories it's just like you know, one of the things I've been living with is the C.S. Lewis quote that says, how can we see God face to face until we have faces? And, and this idea of like, how can I connect with God? How can I connect with anybody? If I, if I try to hide my face away and hide, hide the tears in my eyes or hide, you know, the look of anger or the look of sadness, like if I try to hide, I'm, I'm depriving myself of that connection and that, that opportunity that the vulnerability creates for me to not be alone. Like Krista was saying, like, if I, if I come into something, just trying to hide, I just, I miss such an opportunity for God to show me his goodness and his faithfulness in that conversation. And also to kind of just remind me who I am in him, you know, as I'm, as I'm able to connect with someone else that's walking a similar story and, and has their own experience of his love that like, that they can share to encourage me at. So that's kind of where we're living is just kind of walking more fully into just the honesty of, of who we are in him and making sure that that's that's at the forefront of our minds and that's at the forefront of what what we have to say in the world you know that's that's what we're that's what we're about
3: and
1: are normally just things that I'm curious about but don't like anywhere else so if you had like someone come up to you at a church after performance or say like a fan on the street we'd be like oh my gosh it's you guys can you answer this question for me um just run with it uh so my first quick question for you is you guys are clearly an iconic duo I'm just gonna call that. That's fine. <laughs> Can you name another iconic duo that like that you guys would love to learn from? Um in music. Let's go in in music.
2: I mean, honestly, I know they're not like a couple like us, but I my mind immediately went to like Paul McCartney and John Lennon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: I feel like they oh, are yes. an iconic POS yes. for like, sure yeah just to learn about like songwriting from them like that that's just where my my brain went i know they're not you know they're not a couple <laughs>
0: but yeah uh, a, that's mm-hmm. funny. i went to johnny and june i went to the that's yeah that's to the cash one. family you know johnny and june <laughs> yeah. they made it work you know they had a long time uh playing music together and traveling together <laughs> and if uh if we get to put half as many miles on uh our marriage and on our music <laughs> as they did that'd be a lot of fun
1: yeah they're both really solid choices i didn't think of either of them so glad that you came up with great answers. <laughs> um what is your favorite characteristic about each other
0: i'll go first I know um, that. we talked about oh, okay. we talked about being in that jazz vocal ensemble together and uh One of the things that we did as a part of that group was we took a 10 hour drive in a charter bus as a part of a tour. Believe it or not, they let these jazz vocal ensembles go on tour and they they want people to come, come sing this music other places. So we were doing a tour out of Nashville and went down to Texas and, um, we were just kind of cutting up on this little charter bus that the school had rented for us. And I could not get over how funny Krista was on this, on this long car ride, um, She was just cracking me up, cracking everybody else in the band up. And we were, I was like, that was the moment I was like, I got to hang out with this girl more. You know, I need more of that, that laughter and more of that joy in my life. And uh, I lucked out because it's in my life every day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, it's like Brian's thoughtfulness. Um, Like this isn't really like a plug for our EP or anything, but he just has kind of like a poetic way of thinking Um, that's just like, he doesn't think the same way as a lot of people, I guess, like he's just has a very creative way of thinking. And there's just beauty in like the way he thinks and the way he speaks. And obviously, that shows in his songs. But I get to see that every day, just in normal daily conversations where I might be, you know, worrying and stressing about things. And he is able to kind of slow me down and help me see the beauty in things. And see kind of like the poetry in things. So this is not a shameless plug. It just kind of happens to all tie together. But
0: um, It's funny that that's probably what Paul McCartney <laughs> loved about John Lennon too. And then I've heard that John Lennon actually really loved <laughs> Paul McCartney's sense of humor. So it's all coming full circle here. These questions are just like back to back.
1: Oh, yep. really? I mean, the resemblance is uncanny.
2: Really, I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> Brian just compared us to Lennon and McCartney, so
0: and, uh, he, you compared us to Lennon and McCartney. I'm running with that.
2: I'm okay with that. Honestly,
1: let's just <laughs> go with that. Let's just
0: own that <laughs> it. Why It won't be long before <laughs> the internet is all buzz about the fatherless being a Beatles tribute band. This is gonna be. This is gonna be real quick.
4: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Next record. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. um my last question for you both if you could go back to the day before you two met each other in that iconic jazz band what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. you have good
2: questions yes (laughs) you go
0: all right this is uh this is kind of funny. When we when we started out singing in the group, the first year we were in the group together, Krista and I were just friends, and I liked somebody else in this same jazz vocal group. So if I had to tell myself a day before we all met one thing, I'd say, hey, pick the funny girl. <laughs> I'd say, pick Krista. I'd try to tip myself off to just know, like, listen, the girl you like right now, it's not going to work out you're going to be with the funny girl and you're going to be a lot better off. So I would say pick the funny girl.
2: All right. I think I would just tell myself not to overthink so much, which is something that I still need to tell myself on a regular basis. But I just remember like the, the early days, like after we met, like I was like, Oh my gosh, like, should I go on a date with him? Should I not like, and just overthinking it. And I would just tell myself to just kind of skip that and not to put myself (laughs) <laughs> through all of that overthinking and just, just date the guy because he's pretty great.
3: Be still, my heart, in this sorrow. Grief, can I break your anchor's hold? This song is with me in the night to the one who holds my
1: So as I was editing this interview, a lot of it felt new to me because we actually recorded this like right at the end of July when the EP came out. And as I was revisiting it, I was just struck by how open and honest this couple were. As they were speaking about what it means for them to be parents and and how they've healed and are healing. It really it gave me such clarity and peace. There was a moment I actually cut out. I was getting quite teary because it reminded me of of a close friend that I have and what they've gone through. And to be able to say thank you to them for healing, for choosing hope, for choosing reconciliation, for choosing to be the best parents they possibly can be, for choosing to love each other, for choosing to share their story with the world... It meant an awful lot to me because even though it's my job to tell stories and to help, like to ask questions so that people can tell stories, and even though, like, if you're listening to this, you probably regularly listen to interviews from people that interest you or from, like, people in a church or ministry or Christian music. Moments like these in this interview remind me that it is such a profound, sacred privilege when someone chooses to open up to you. And especially when they share like their deepest, deepest pain. And um, it's not something that I expect and it's not something that anyone has to do. But when people like Krista and Brian choose to do that through their songs and and through, like, interviews like this, it's really humbling because, like, God is the only one for me that that can bring about that healing and that ongoing healing Um, and who can use that, not just in their lives but in the lives of complete strangers on the other side of the world to bring about hope. It's just something miraculous and supernatural about God that I can't understand. But it, it starts by people like Brian and Krista choosing to be vulnerable when they feel like they're in a good spot to do so. So thank you, Brian and Krista. Thank you for choosing to, to have both your, your stories as your banner. Thank you. Because of that, you are able to connect with so many people, even if they never share their story with you. Um, thank you for that. Friends, if you would like to get For the fatherless's EP, Poetry, it is out now at all good music retailers, outlets, online. You get the idea. Go and pick it up as a Christmas present for someone, considering we're in November now. You can connect with For the Fatherless on Instagram at, are you ready, For the Fatherless, just like that. And their website handle is for the fatherlessmusic.com. Please, please go and reach out to them if you loved it. Go and give them a follow um, and say thank you. If their if this story connected with you in any way, let them know because it, it takes a lot to share that much of your heart. Even when you've been doing it for a little while, it takes an awful lot. So if it meant anything to you, just give them a shout of thanks. All right, friends, next week, we are back with another interview. This one is with, uh, I'd say, an upcoming artist, but honestly, Anna Golden just feels and sounds so established to me. I just presume that she's older than she is. But Anna Golden is a 24-year-old worship, gospel, pop artist. She released her album Peace this year, uh, and her vocals... ridiculous but her heart is just gorgeous as well um so make sure that you have hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're following us i know there's like a billion that i've never heard of thanks for following us hit subscribe and while you're there if you enjoy what you hear give us a rating please there are so many between you and me podcasts now i don't know how that happened in the last six months but i promise you we were one of the first so do Me a favor and please go and give us a rating so it boosts us up in the rankings. Please and thank you. That's all I have for this week, my friends. But I will see you next Friday with a wonderful interview from Anna Golden. My name is Jessica Morris. Here's to hope. <laughs>
4: Boy, go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere so go tell someone about it that jesus christ is born He's called he's from heaven to a major. He's called. He's called.